0: what's up folks we're live this week for this week's episode of the big gobel podcast um the whole crew is here outside of hot take hill will um and we got a lot of talk about today uh but before we get to that let me just introduce everybody of course i'm your host here too, james and then to my left is uh jamal the giant crab jamal ahoy yeah. and under him Damian salty g
1: yeah yeah what's up
0: and next to him under me mr silly sellers what's going on people um so uh, some breaking news today obviously that we'll go over middle of the show of course we'll have our fun time with Halo cameo um and then obviously we'll we'll talk about the pay-per-view that's coming up this sunday and what happened uh, this previous sunday uh before we even get into that definitely make sure you um check out our interview that we did yesterday with uh billy dixon which was a very fun Mm -hmm. um interview uh you know we prepared to go 30 30 minutes with him and we went a solid hour and we could have went longer it was a really really good time so definitely check that out um on the YouTube channel and um the podcast is now available on all audio platforms and also on the website bigobellgroup.com check out our latest interview with Jason Heat he's the man who runs Flying V as we uh uh chat with him a little bit about what he's been doing during the quarantine the plans to bring back Flying B once is all settled and, and and a lot of other interesting things. So you definitely want to read that article as well as that is available. Uh, but yes, let's 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 go back to uh this past weekend nxt takeover in your house. Now, um before that was announced, we had talked about the <laughs> idea of them doing something like that, and the fact that, that actually came to fruition is absolutely historical, but it did happen. Um and just we're just not gonna not gonna go down the whole car, we're just gonna have our quick reactions about what we liked about it and what we didn't like about it, if there's anything. Um and you know, just little just little quick reactions to that. But uh Jamal, I'll start with you first. Since you actually were the one who was just like, hey, they should do something like this.
2: And here we are. Well, I mean the long and short of it is is that I forgot how much I hated Morrow. So I didn't <laughs> watch the show. I couldn't find Uh, a fee in any other language than English so I said to hell with it not going to do it (laughs) but what I did see and I liked what I did see that they actually did the set they leaned into uh, you know that whole aesthetic of it and honestly this is what we what I was talking about for Wrestlemania and every time you see something like this whether it's a special like in your house or Whatever they're doing, you just go. Why didn't they do it for WrestleMania? And more importantly than that, why aren't? Ev- why isn't every show a full sale? They obviously mm-hmm. are doing a better value, uh, a, better production values from full sale. Why not use that three days a week instead of the performance center? You're telling mm-hmm. me that Full sale University can't come up with the space? You know, every day but Wednesday. It it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But no. Uh, it's really hard to watch NXT with Morrow's as commentator. Really can't do it. It ain't worth it.
1: ahead, well, right,
2: Damon?
1: For me, it was it was actually really fun because all these little winks and nods to In Your House of the past with Todd Pettengill. Uh, <laughs> you know that you had that little mini clip of DX trying to work, work a laptop with their old man glasses. You know Johnny Gargano actually using the house. You know I felt. Was a nice touch uh it was a good show for me i cringed when uh eo hit that moonsault on on Rhea's face
3: yeah uh
1: i was like the first words out of my mouth were oh my god i hope she's okay but overall as a person i know a lot of us kind of grew up with the original in your house motif i thought it was a nice little throwback i kind of hope they do little things like this uh kind of time machiney where you go back let's say now to saturday night's main Mm -hmm. event and you have that as a takeover kind of a special. I think going forward, to Dumas' point, wholesale I think is the perfect place to have these kinds of shows. Uh, even when they start letting people in, you don't have to travel for these little mini uh, takeover events. Uh, and it was it was good for me. It was well worth the time. It felt like it, it went fast. I tune out morrow's commentary by now. Just all the pop culture references. Maybe I'm in my grumpy old man phase. <laughs> but it just misses we want a lot of that stuff. So overall, good show.
3: Yeah, and I'll just cap it off by saying I agree with you too. But one thing I was disappointed that WWE didn't take advantage of product placement. I think that'd been a great advertisement if they wanted to promote like ring service on houses, if they wanted to throw like a commercial shoot <laughs> or something like that. Promote, um, I thought they felt the opportunity for that. Um, but other than that, I was kind of impressed by the show. It was better than what I thought it would be because I thought it was going to be a takeover in your house show. And I was glad it wasn't just a house show, but um it, it it wasn't bad it wasn't bad you know something good to keep moving as
0: as production is what it is right now
1: we got yeah. ico pro yeah. <laughs> i
0: i don't know what number of pay per view this is for them since uh since everything got uh since um, covid-19 uh but this is easily their best production um i i, I don't know why i took this long <laughs> but uh nonetheless this was easily the best it's, it makes it, it makes no sense that in your house was a better production than WrestleMania. <laughs> it really, it, it just really didn't. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed the show. Um, I did, I did like all the nostalgic callbacks and all the little um, hints at like how far technology has advanced and so on. So it was entertaining for sure. And um, I thought the card overall was very solid. Uh, there was one match that I will say, like I'm very surprised that it was booked that way. Um, also, Randy Orton had a lot to say about that as well, too. But you know, mm. <laughs> mm. nothing to nitpick, but yeah, that's 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 just our quick thoughts to that. Really just wanted to make sure we gave a nod to that. I, I enjoyed that, that was a solid pay-per-view. And I actually think it would be something that you might want to go back to and watch eventually because uh, it, it nonetheless it was solid wrestling up and down the card. So, um, so something that I don't know how kind of went under our radar. I mean, we knew about it, but we haven't discussed it. And that's the WWE Network revealing on June 1st, so about 10 days ago, that they were going to have a free version of the network. And, you know, the free version uh, includes a lot of different things. Royal Talk, uh, Monday Night War, on, all the series and stuff like that. Um, other recent episodes of their weekly shows. Um, and then you can see um, the, the historical pay per views and so on. So they 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 got majority of the stuff uh, there. But the question is that because we haven't really had to be a, been able to have this conversation together, what was significant about this move and why, and what's the bigger picture here? Because me personally, I, I'm not seeing it because we were talking about a month ago about them potentially selling their big pay per views you know, to whoever the next person up, you know, whoever is going to be. And I know it's easy to say, well, hey, if they're going to sell their pay-per-views, then, you know, the network should be free. And that just balances all out. I get that. However, ESPN Plus does it with the UFC where you got two paywalls. So, you know, and there's a fan base there and they still, it's very lucrative. Um, So they could have easily took that model. So, but what is it that I'm missing here as to why this was the plan? Why did it happen now? What's the bigger picture?
1: I'm looking at right now. The only now, thing I can think about.
0: Oh, oh go ahead, Damien. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go I'm, ahead, Damien. Get in here.
1: I'm looking at the stuff that's available and everything I'm looking at seems as if it could be high-quality YouTube programming that is mm-hmm. going to be put on the network. Uh, you can see all this stuff on YouTube, essentially. You don't need the network for this. I don't really need it for ride-along, table for three, you know, story time. I I, I agree with the flagship Programs being put on the free network because you can see those if you want to be really technical on an illegal stream, like a lot of us do, so we don't have to pay for cable. Uh, there is no, for me, there's no difference than watching this on YouTube. So I think this is basically just being done to kind of entice people to say, hey, if you like our free content, like a drug dealer, if you like the free stuff, come back for the real good stuff where you pay $9.99 or pay per views or whatever the case may be. But there is nothing here that is going to make me say, you know what? This free version's worth it because it wasn't worth it to pay for this stuff. Originally, it's not worth it for me to watch for free either.
3: You hit it right in the head, Damon, because I was going to say the same thing about YouTube as far as like you have that free YouTube content. And then they always do the advertising for YouTube Red where you can get, I guess, live TV and all that stuff. You, you took the words right out of my mouth where I was going because. For somebody that's like the common or casual fan that's not detailed in the wrestling, they're trying to get to those fans where, right. oh, this is a good highlight. Oh, this is good. Hmm, Maybe I will try for $10 for at least a month. Oh, I get it free for the first month. Maybe I'll try for two months. So I think they're just doing that to try to entice people, bring them in. But you took the words right out of my mouth. Just like a YouTube segue to try to build an advertisement to pay later.
0: So, so Jamal, before you get in there really quick, I got to say that I was never convinced on your uh, on, on your statement about the WWE network isn't worth it. I felt like it did have a lot of good, you know. If that's what you want, I feel like it did have a lot of good content uh, to justify its nine 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 tier, along with the pay per view and so on. Uh, before you know the purchase of pay per views and all that talk came about, I felt like it, you know, based on the current market for streaming services, I felt like. It delivered enough and enough interest for uh for its, you know, its fans. But you've been very adamant for as long as I known about how it's boring, there's nothing that's really worth it and so on. So I just want to throw that out there before you, you know, you give your response to that. But go ahead, what's your thoughts on this?
2: So the WWE Network is about six years old. It came out in February of 2014. The question really becomes right now, as WWE, as they've been known to do, is book themselves into a corner. <laughs> um, they have galvanized the necessity for pay-per-views by giving it to you for ten bucks a month or one hundred and twenty dollars a year. One hundred and twenty dollars a year, when pay-per-views used to be fifty bucks a pop, and mm-hmm. WrestleMania was sixty or seventy. Mm-hmm. Before, but, but for that price a month, you can get everything, including 50 years of history, it's almost too good to be true. And in a lot of ways, it is. WWE built themselves on an unsustainable model. They were hoping for the fact that people would come in droves, like the Hebrews from Egypt, that everybody's going to run to the network. But the bottom line is, they wouldn't. And the one thing that I don't think that they figured out was that networks would be willing to pay more than what the network, the WWE network would offer. As far as the network goes now, other than pay-per-views, which we don't need to watch anymore because we have Raw and we have SmackDown, the pay-per-views only, like, call, um, culminate a storyline. Raw and SmackDown is the everything else in between. So unless it's like, I don't know, the four big ones, what do you really need to watch a pay-per-view for? Like, honestly, like, what are you sitting down and digesting a three-hour show for? It's not important anymore, especially since the day after, especially since Wrestlemania, the role after Wrestlemania is arguably more important than the Wrestlemania itself. Mm. So, realistically, what do you have the network for? So, if you are in that niche that is stuck in 1980 to 2001, and that's what wrestling means to you, have a network. It's the biggest library that you, the and most successful library that you could probably ever own. Or if you're that person that's like, well, I refuse to pay for cable and the only thing I need to see are pay-per-views, then cool, that'll work too. It's 9.99 and you get one live show a month at least. But that's really not the target audience. So who is it really for? And it hasn't really, and that's what they haven't really figured out because of the 1 to 2 million people that watch raw and smackdown every week the network has never broken 2 million subscribers and i'm i'm willing to bet money on that but i'm 99% sure that the network hasn't broken 2 million subscribers in any in, in its history so then you know the fans aren't as stupid as wwe likes them to believe and they're not just going to come run blindly with their money in their hand uh saying that it's 99 for a year and a half But really, honest to God, it's 10 bucks. The problem is that the network dilutes the programming itself. It doesn't create a demand. It's giving you an entire buffet of wrestling to the point where you're overstimulated and bored. It's. Honestly, too good of a problem to have. You can have anything that you want. You can watch any match that you want. They bought the two biggest competitions. They got some old school, you know, mid 80s stuff and some current stuff once a month. What could you possibly? Oh, well, I want to watch Raw. No, you can't do that. Well, I want to watch SmackDown. Well, no, you can't do that either. Well, Well, what can I watch? Literally the entire wrestling history. But I can't watch Raw? Fuck it, I'll just pay Comcast. <laughs> and, and that's that's really what the network was. It, it's really unfortunate that this is kind of like, to you know, be the Batista meme for a second, give me what I want. And you get it. And now you don't know what to do with it. And that's kind of where the network has always failed, in my opinion. And I really, really hope that with this uh, you know, free thing, this is just kind of like, the last sweep of the rug as we kind of push this thing off into the Twilight zone and kind of forget about it because realistically the network should have been what the old cable channel, WWE classics on demand was or WWE Mm. 24 seven. If it was just that from the beginning, then that would have been a nice addition to current programming. Mm -hmm. but they tried to supersede current programming with pay-per-views. And it's like, well, Raw comes on four times a month. Why can't I watch that? That's your biggest show. Raw is arguably bigger than a pay-per-view. Oh no, you can't watch that. Well, fuck it. Call Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would want them to do in in the future, and I think going forward, I think they should scrap the network for what it is right now, turn it into an on-demand new-ish thing, you know, supplement it with their YouTube or studio-produced uh, shows. Take live wrestling off of it, um, you know. Send the pay-per-views to Disney Plus or ESPN Plus, wherever the hell it is, um, and then repackage the network for under nine ninety-nine. That gives you a backlog of stuff, oh, and then make it you know twelve bucks if it's in four K. But <laughs> since they don't have anything in four K, you know, yeah. I would I would consider paying eight ninety-nine for an entire library of WWE stuff with rotating things. If you really want to watch November to remember, you better have that bitch bookmarked October 31st because it will only be available this month. And for that, it creates a sense of urgency to watch things on the network because people lose their minds when Netflix takes away that movie that nobody cared about. But once you get that warning that E3, the Mighty Ducks is going away in eight weeks. Oh, no. Exactly.
0: No, no, but no, Seriously that if anybody has any doubt in that statement that's literally the driving factor hbo max went with with friends when friends left netflix people went crazy and then and then all of hbo max marketing was built around not an original show that they had but about a show that everybody was frantic because it left a major streaming company and was going to them so that is so much logic to that really uh, I'm glad you answered that that second part of that question because I was definitely going to say, well, what, what do you what do you think going you know going into the future What's next? Um, so, uh, but yeah, but anybody else got anything to add to that really quick? No, I thought that was very
3: well stated, um, especially about I keep forgetting about what WWE 24 that was mm-hmm. out prior to. I forgot all about that until you brought that up and just made me it just made me go back a little bit. And like you said, if they rebranded and sell the pay per views to like ESPN Plus or something like that, and and even put up 4K content for a higher price when you have that fluctuated or differentiated model, um, that can actually go a, a long way. So that was very interesting that you said that, Jamal.
2: I think in general, and this is like, personally, I don't have Netflix. I don't subscribe to any streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the idea of binging a show kind of devalues the show itself. It makes it less special. Agreed. Agreed. And, if, and it's the same reason why, personally, I don't really follow any of the dirt sheets. I try to stay off the internet as far as the shows because... I don't need to know or gorge myself on tons of information and have six months of storyline spoiled, or need to know the ins and outs of what happened behind the match. If we're going to say that kayfabe is a thing, then you can't have that in an internet-based world where everybody's spilling secrets or has a podcast. Mm -hmm. I I think that with the network giving you too much at once, it's a little bit of the same thing where – It definitely devalues the show itself because after you watch a thing and you watch 18 hours of that thing, you don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't I don't care how hungry a person could be. If you give them too much of something, they don't want it anymore. Right. Who doesn't love pizza? But I don't want a pizza buffet. I'm going to get sick of it. <laughs> and the thing that, that binging does, it doesn't uh, allow for moderation. It's the opposite of what binging is. And the network kind of, uh, you know, forces not forces, but definitely suggests that yo, you can watch a decade of wrestling from just this one company. It so after like maybe a month or two of doing that, it kind of was like, well, I don't, I don't really need this anymore. What else is on TV?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Which so is why I, they try to diversify the programming to kind of break up the monotony of just wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, just nothing but wrestling with all these other WWE shows. Uh, I'm curious, actually, now that we're bringing this up, when you mentioned the over-engorging of the human capacity to watch stuff and to OD on it, how are we going to feel when, inevitably, Vince does say, screw it, I'm gonna sell all my old library to someone else who's offering me Boku Bucks. Let's say Disney, for instance. Mm-hmm. If Disney wants to buy all of WWE's catalog and then put it on their streaming service, are people gonna have a conniption about that, or is it just gonna be standard practice as usual?
2: Well, they're gonna have a conniption about it because it's change, and, and people fear change mm. religiously. Um, I do think that let's say that any other person that takes over, let's say the Fox takes it over, and not Disney. Um, no matter what it be, it's going to be, well, do they have that thing that I like that only I care about?
1: Right.
2: You know, that's, that's going to be what it is for a lot of the internet. It's going to be a lot of people yelling individual things. Well, because, you know, people just go back and religiously watch, you know, King of the Ring 96 and just for certain moments and stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. they do. Maybe they do. But the idea is what will Fox do to it um, when, they, when they acquire the property? And how would that look with a non-wrestling company taking over a wrestling product? I think the wrestling is unique in that. Um, it really looks weird when it's out of someone else's hands. Um, but with that said, it's it really does. I think that like the whole binging aspect of it, you really shouldn't because it makes it special to have a show come on at a certain time that you can set your watch by. It, and it, and instead of just like, nope, Saturday, I'm locking myself in the basement and I'm watching whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so I really hope that they structure it and they kind of like dangle the carrot that like, yo, June is king of the ring month. So this is what we're going to feature on the network. June Jul- uh, is also great American bash month. So this is what we're going to feature on the network. And that makes it special to watch. And then in July, bash at the beach month. This is what we're going to you know, feature. So hopefully they get into that and actually program the network instead of saying, here, monkeys, nine, give them your $9. Yeah.
1: I just want to chime in real quick to something Jamal said, which was brilliant, because we remember fondly in the Northeast about, oh, 2 a.m. on Saturday watching ECW. We stayed up to watch that because there was yeah. no other time we were going to be able to watch that. Now we can watch ECW, all of them on the network. And as an ECW stalwart for me, I don't watch it. But if you told Mm. me, dude, at 1 a.m. on Sunday, this da-da-da, we're going to show the first ECW pay-per-view and then take like the Disney vault and take it away again, then people may be more inclined to watch it that way.
2: I mean, honestly, I'm not saying the MSG should do it, but I definitely would be hyped for, you know, ECW on MSG or when it, when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling yes. on MSG network at a specific time and specific channel, uh, you know, date and time. Um, but I definitely remember staying up late for ECW um on like the shadiest version of MSG that we could find down here. <laughs> um and then of course there's like um when it would come on in Philly, um in um what the hell's that thing called Spectre Vision. Um, and then, of course, there's AM Raw. I don't know if they still do that. That uh, when they show like the one-hour recap of Raw from the past week or USA Network.
1: That oh, the Spanish cool. channel they do it.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. we well used to come on two a.m. on um, on USA Network, and it would just be a one-hour recap of Raw, and, mm-hmm. they, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that used to be a thing. Like, oh shit, you know, Saturday Night Live just went off. Cool, you know, an hour I'll watch what I forgot about Raw. And but these things make it special having that same date and time, knowing that AEW is only going to be on at a certain date of time and they don't do house shows. So it's not like you can get an idea of what's going to come next. You have to watch. Yeah. And I think yep. that's I think that really just trickles into the whole, you know, the way people consume television where well, you're the distributor. You tell us how to consume it. Mm hmm okay well let's uh let's 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 talk
0: about something really really quick before we get to our break for the show and um you know we've been talking about a lot over the last few uh weeks and months about what would wrestling be like once we come out of the state of uh covet 19 and the pandemic what would it what would it look like how would you have to do it and so on who would be the first and little did we know that new Japan pro wrestling is the first promotion that is completely ready to go. They have just laid out their plan and announced dates, not to mention they followed up with some new uh, guidelines um, for their upcoming events for COVID. Um, it's it's a lot. And um, I think it's definitely, like I said, I think it's definitely worth for us to really dissect and break this all down. But initially, so what's happening is that, you know, they haven't held an event since February 26th because of the, because of the coronavirus um but they will be returning june 15th so in four days um and you know the show still will be uh without fans in attendance however uh you know they announced the new japan cup and so on which will be held uh between uh june 16th and july 3rd Mm -hmm. uh so with that being said, uh, you guys definitely saw the news and heard the news. Uh, re- thoughts, reactions, and uh, let's kind of break down the guidelines. Anything that really stood out to you that, you know, was kind of puzzling, alarming, or any of that sort? Uh, but uh, Jamal, I'll let you jump in here really quick.
2: Um, the short answer is no. It's not necessarily that New Japan is shocking anybody uh, coming back. I mean, Japan has the handle there. COVID situation, you know, differently than other countries. Um, For a number of reasons, they're doing better than other countries and and worse than others. But they're definitely making inroads. And they've also tried before. This is like their second uh, second or third, like, soft start, um, you know, recently. So they they tried it up again in March. It didn't happen. and, And now here we are. So I think it's interesting that they come back with a tournament. But then again, it's New Japan. When do they not have a tournament? So I I like the fact that they are coming back. They have a tournament. And the tournament is actually smart in this case because you get to see the potential matches down the road. The storylines kind of write themselves with with the tournament. And, you know, you know what the next month of wrestling is going to look like versus in America where it's just like who's going to debut or who's going to premiere, who's going to do this. Like, no, the tournament is set. And these, you know, are the potential matchups that would steal the show, in or steal the tournament. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think it is interesting. Uh, obviously, the New Japan Cup is definitely going to be something to watch, mm-hmm. but it's 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 really smart booking on their part. So, so good on them for for getting it done.
1: So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at the brackets. That's neither here nor there. But the interesting thing is that on the 11th and the 12th. They're actually running a show with the with the live crowd in attendance. And the venue will be limited to about one-third capacity. Okay. So that, for me, is going to be the most interesting thing. Where a crowd? To watch a wrestling show. We've talked about it ad nauseum about empty arena shows. But they're the first big company to say, yeah, we're actually going to have paid people, like paying customers to watch this programming. Because I've talked about it here stadiums have opened up to about a quarter, a quarter of, of attendance or venues have opened up to a quarter of attendance. So now I'm looking forward to see, because the Japanese crowds usually are, are, they go between electric and passive. I'm very curious to see what level of energy the New Japan crowd will bring when they finally you know, ring in this new rendition of New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 11th and the 12th. That's the biggest takeaway for me.
3: Yeah, and I'm glad you pulled that up, Damien, because I saw a report saying they was going up to 50 percent capacity. And when you said the 33 percent, it made me think about when I was watching CNN, once again, just bringing in a sidebar news reference. And I think it was I don't want to say the wrong country, um, but our wrong city. But I think it was Hong Kong where they had church services back. And you saw the church service was packed and everybody was in there and everybody just had their mask on. So, Mm -hmm. Damien, like you said, I'm interested in seeing the capacity of how a crowd would look. How do you space them out? I know we talked about it before. How do you space them out? Are you really going to have a lot of paying customers to try to come and see your show? How much are you going to charge for your show? Um, no. Because people are going to really look at this, this model, and, and people are going to do a lot of copycatting you know, from the United States or other countries to see how they bring fans back into the show. So this could be a trending model to watch out for to see how they do it, especially since it's coming right around the corner. The 15th is literally a couple of days away. Um, it's going, It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, once again, cautiously optimistic. I hope they do well, but just the fact of how they're going to do that, the testing procedures, if they're going to scan people with temperatures coming in and out, how do they do evacuations from the stadium, just like getting them in. Cause I was looking at one thing where if you bring a fans in the stadium and it takes like two hours to get them in now for what a 40,000, a 50,000 seat arena or yeah. stadium, how long would that take to get them in? And then what's your procedures of getting them out? Um, so it's just going to be real interesting to see a lot of changes, but, um, why not? We, I mean, and once again, we're doing all this protesting and everything now, and it's like a contradictory. Like you know, we're not saying anything about you know coronavirus and protesting, of course, because we have to respect that. But you have a big mass amount of people in one area. It's going to be the same when you talk about a sports venue.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I didn't see anything that was um out of the ordinary in all of the guidelines besides one particular thing I thought Damien was going to say, and I was like, Hey, damn, y'all took all my ideas and thoughts. There's something that says no loud cheers. So,
1: claps.
0: yeah, imagine that, you know, uh, and like, much <laughs> like you said, their audience, they, they, they bring it all the time. Very, very, very invested into the, the, the show. Um, but I guess they're saying if you're cheering, you can't be cheering with your mask on when everyone has to wear a mask on at all times. So, but like, like I said, other than that, everything looks pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I I think that is the type of confidence that needs to be displayed. If anybody wants to run anything, it's there for you to read. Um, I'm sure they're going to have all the signage in the world um, at the events. And um, it doesn't seem to have a big risk factor here besides of just the known risk that, you know, it is what it is. It's the it's an unknown virus going around that you potentially could catch any by any means by you know not following any of these rules and not just doing your things you're supposed to be doing on the regular. So can I? And I was going next? to ask.
1: I was going to ask about the the release if whoever has to go to attend the show, like what kind of release they have to sign waiver to say mm-hmm. you know is it plainly going to say in fancier terms if you catch COVID that's on you you know like right. You, find away Damn. all your rights and privileges to suing or anything like that for medical bills
0: yeah i've seen a release recently actually and it does state that you are admitting that one you didn't come in here with it <laughs> 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 and if you walk out with it it wasn't our fault so i've definitely seen that so oh uh, yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure uh, ticket pro- matter of fact that's the question how are you purchasing tickets are they still going through uh whatever they are distribute di- uh distributor uh, distributor is for ticket sales. I'm sure they don't have Ticketmaster. Good written Ticketmaster. Um but I wonder if there's going to be language within the purchase of that, or is yeah. it within uh the promotion itself, or is it within um, you know, either is it box office, is it the the, the arena, or is it gonna actually be the vendor? So um, but none can, bit-
3: can I before you move on? Can I plug my boy Colin Cowherd real quick? Oh there's one of minor plug. And, and and you said the the key word risk uh, to change. So one thing I will say, like Colin Cowher said, those that take risk in this type of matter will probably be more success, successful. That's
1: it. I don't think he meant health risks, though. Well, yeah, not I, health risks, but he I, definitely.
0: I, I heard him say that. He's definitely talking about Dana White in the UFC. He said <laughs> that. So yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, Jamal. You know what time it is. We're at our break. We're about halfway through the show for tonight. Um, so let's uh, change gears just a little bit and I'll hand it off to Jamal Hey, this is 2 Chains, the host of the BGB podcast. Be sure to visit us on YouTube and subscribe for additional content also rate review and subscribe to the big Go Belt podcast on itunes and all audio platforms visit biggobelgroup.com the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs and connect with us on all social media platforms
2: yep so this is high low cameo and basically if you don't know what cameo is it's uh yeah, you know, it's it's the modern day version for the kids where they get their famous uh, celebrities and not so famous celebrities to give them a personalized greeting, you know, shout out your birthday, bar mitzvah. If you ask Big E, he'll break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend for you. Um, whatever you need to do, but it comes at a cost, and the talent sets that cost. And today we're gonna. I want you guys to figure out who is higher or lower. Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. who's new to cameo. Or Reggie Jackson, Hall of Fame baseball player mm. for your Oakland A's and some minor league
0: team in the Bronx. Who's mm. higher or lower? Oh, I I think Roma is probably gonna be lower because he's new, so he he hasn't really seen his worth. Um, he probably heard from the grapevine, like, "Hey, sign up," but he was like, "Oh, okay, I don't got nothing else to do. I'll do that," you know. Um. But uh, you, you said Reggie Jackson, right?
2: Reggie
0: Jackson, yeah, who's been baseball
1: player, (laughs) right, right, right.
0: Yeah, who's been doing autograph signing in Vegas and stuff for as long as I can think. Um, Mm -hmm. um, So he has a he has a market of the meet and greet and all that stuff. Um, Unlike anybody that's in WWE, that's just doing WWE programming and stuff. So I'm going to say Roman Reigns is lower here. I'm gonna
3: say Roman is higher, and I'm gonna say because Reggie is a little bit older, and your Mm -hmm. demographics for high low cameo is a little bit younger. Um, I'm going to go Roman higher.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Roman higher only for those reasons because the, the young kids don't know who Reggie Jackson, the baseball player, is. They probably think he's the guy that played for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. So
2: Yep. Well, now with the Pistons. Well, at $240, Reggie Jackson is lower than Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not saying that he shouldn't be, but okay. All right. So... Another, you know, like just name and then in, in, in sports, and I have a lot so I don't have him compared to any wrestlers because I want to give you the magnitude of who the hell Roman Reigns thinks he is.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> clue, that's a clue. But the bottom line is is that uh, Roman Reigns higher or lower than Terrell Owens. Oh Ooh, that's a good one. T O
3: is higher. He loves him some him.
1: He loves he him some him. Um, shoot. Uh, again, if we're staying with the current, I still say Roman's higher than Tio.
0: I think Tio is absolutely a bigger name than Roman Reigns. But
1: <laughs> not to the kids.
0: But for the sake of upsets, Roman Reigns is higher again.
2: At $350, Terrell Owens is lower than Roman Reigns. Ooh,
1: hoo, 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 hoo. Oh, man.
2: So, I mean, again, you know, we did talk about the kids, but then again, they do set these prices themselves. So, are they pricing themselves out of the market or are they getting what they think they're worth regardless of who actually signs up for cameos? Right. So, Troy Aikman or Roman Reigns. Who is Troy Aikman higher or lower than Roman Reigns? I would say lower. Definitely lower.
1: Lower.
0: <sighs> ah man. I think TO's higher than Troy. Ain't no way that Troy Aikman is gonna let his fellow Fox uh employee
1: employee <laughs> 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 That's actually a good point. That's actually because he's on Fox. Yeah. Football, you know, Dallas Cowboy fans will pay anything for their heroes. So you know, what?
0: I got Roman Reigns being four hundred dollars and Troy Aikman being four fifty. Both of them yeah. under Rip Flair at five hundred.
1: I got I got Troy over Roman at seven hundred fifty dollars. What? The,
2: what? Oh, God, Troy Aikman.
1: Not surprised.
2: Is higher than Roman Reigns. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 I mean, it's
1: insane, but it makes sense.
2: Right. Right. No, it it is insane. Uh, it does not make sense because what could you, for $750, what would you want Troy Aikman to say to you? Like how, how important is it that he does that?
0: It have to be a diss. I need him to say something like, "Hey, I need you to lay out your feelings about Jerry Jones right now. You got you got to go hard for this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: need a story here. <laughs> You're be like Troy. Do Black Lives Matter? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: well, according to Emmett Smith, I had to hand him the ball off, and he helped us win championships, So, I guess it does. Emmett Smith's
1: life mattered. <laughs> uh,
2: two more. This is the next to last one. Again, these are Hall of Fame names, including um, Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, higher or lower Palmer, the Park. Rains. Palmer Park. Ah,
0: Palmer Park. I like me some Sugar Ray. Oh, uh, yeah, this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna say Sugar Ray lower. I'm also gonna say Sugar Ray lower, but also, I've never seen Sugar Ray do anything as far as. Memorabilia signings, meet and greets, or anything—I don't think I've seen him do any of that. So to get his time, he must really want his money.
1: He's lower. There's no way he's—he's he's, no.
0: I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm go, gonna go higher here, Sugar Ray than Roman Reigns.
2: Well, at two hundred dollars, Sugar Ray <laughs> is definitely lower than Roman Reigns. Two <laughs> oh.
0: two hundred dollars is still, I think,
2: in his like. Not. Two hundred dollars is, is is enough, where you where you got to think about it. But honestly, I mean, you really need to really be into somebody to pay two
0: hundred yeah, bones you, to leave a message in your voicemail. His prime audience of fans and, and people—that's nothing for them. The people yeah, that watch yeah. that guy win championships all over—that I, I would be nothing for them. So that it, that that seems to make sense there. And I think he actually could pull a little bit
2: more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would,
0: yeah, I would think so, too.
2: I, I think so. I think so. But this is the last one. And, you know, I, okay, fine. Maybe I did skew a little bit older to get, like, the magnitude of, of of their, you know, worth. But these are people that have kind of transcended their sport and have made it what it is. There's a reason why they're in a lot of people's top five, including Tony Hawk. Hey, just like AEW. Higher what? or lower than Roman
3: Reigns? All right, let you me see, ask this is push involved? Is push involved? Like, yeah. Can
1: he say push?
3: Can I say push? No, 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 it's okay. higher or lower. Okay, all right, just I just want to make sure it's no trick one because I think he'd be up there in the 500s.
1: I think because Tony Hawk was just on AEW. Oh,
0: no, stop. No, no,
3: he's not no. higher.
1: No, he'll he's lower. He's lower.
0: I say I'll higher. Say, that AEW thing had nothing to do with anything. If that's the case, like, well, just because they're about to remaster Tony Hawk pro skater, I think he's definitely like, he's nah, I, 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 I don't think, I mean, his name transcends over all sports, but like, no one's like going, going out up. the way for him except for pro skating fans so tony hawk is but nobody's going out
2: of their way to see terrell owens except for football fans
0: i don't know man terrell owens was a reality star and um and had a, a a famous wife as well um i i think he is a little bit more outside i mean and obviously he's like part of the memes before memes were even memes to be honest so mm. You know, I think I think he's a bigger name than just bigger name than just football. So, but uh, with that being said, yeah, I think he's lower than Roman Reigns. At two hundred
2: dollars, he is definitely lower than Roman
0: Reigns. (laughs) Now the question is, Roman Reigns—I mean, uh, Tony Hawk or Sugar Ray? Uh,
2: It was uh, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray was uh, two. No, no. Who would you pick? Oh, I mean, I don't care about either one of them, honestly. I
3: mean, personally,
2: if I'm going to spend $200, it's definitely not going to be on Tony Hawk or Sugar Ray Leonard. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
2: So, okay. I know I said that was the last two, but this is the absolute last one because I just came across it. Michael Vick or Roman Reigns?
1: (laughs) Michael Vick's higher. Michael Vick is
2: lower.
0: Michael Vick is lower. I'll say Michael Vick. Vick, but 400, so I'll say lower. Michael Vick at like two twenty something random of that sort, definitely lower.
2: At one thousand dollars, <laughs> Roman Reigns—that's his price. Roman Reigns is thousand dollars. Michael Vick is higher than Roman
1: Reigns. I, huh? Michael Vick charging a G, yes.
0: <laughs> I ain't gonna, I don't got nothing to say, y'all. He got some so.
1: back back pay, man. He's got to pay some stuff off still. Would you? I charge that too. So. If you
2: uh so if you, you want to know uh finally at the end of this Roman Reigns how much do you think that he's charging for his services on Cameo? 750. Oh wait, we already had 7 800. That was 800.
3: So, so you said two James that Ric Flair was 500, right? Yeah. And lower than he's lower than Troy Aitman at 750. So I'm gonna say Oh yeah,
0: right. Good point.
3: I'm gonna say 450.
2: 550. 450.
1: I'd say he's right on Flair level. He's he's five hundred.
2: The only people that are on Rick Flair level is MJF at five hundred dollars and Roman Reigns.
1: Hmm. Okay. Got twins. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yep. I
2: mean, are they dipped in gold? Because five hundred dollars. <laughs>
0: Let's get to our other stuff because we we're, He's got
1: to feed the whole Noah family, man. That's a lot of people, bro. okay? Yeah, that
0: is half of damn Allen. That. Oh, no. <laughs> that is the Allen, be honest. <laughs> All right, so look let's let's get about the news that dropped tonight. And basically, as it came from wwe.com in an effort to streamline our creative writing process for television, we consolidated both teams or Raw SmackDown to one group led by uh, Bruce Pitcher, uh, Paul Heyman. Will concentrate on his role as an in-ring performer. I just want to know is this a good move or a bad move and what's your thought? And we got one more topic after that so let's kind of get through this one really quick. And I will say this too. Both of the shows just seem so different from each other. Mm-hmm. I guess to kind of keep some consistency here to kind of keep viewership going across both shows uh, seamlessly this is a move to do so here. I cannot think of this being anything else but an evaluation of ratings, um, which still isn't fair because, you know, I think a lot of people have tuned out once the pandemic hit. Um, just the atmosphere and the, the whole um, aesthetics all feels different for people, and I think that has caused people to lose interest to some extent. Uh, but other than that, I think this is that's just this is just a, a, a plan to kind of um, uh, bring balance uh, and to keep viewership over both shows.
2: Well, how about the show sucks? How about that? <laughs> really? I mean, like to be fair, Heyman has been trying things. He was high on Cedric Alexander for a while. Yep. Uh, he was the one of the ones that brought a bunch of people up from NXT for a while. He was really high on Austin Theory. Um, and the word has been is that Vince really didn't care about any of those people. Um, he literally <laughs> buried Cedric Alexander for for a good hot minute. Um and Apollo Crews is erected, a resurrector, a like a damn Phoenix out of nowhere. But the bottom line is, is that payment maybe 70% of the time was lockstep in what Vince wanted. And then the other 30% was kind of like, no. So the bottom line is, I think that Vince needs his guys and he definitely wants his guys. And Bruce Pritchard is his guy. What does that mean for the diversity of the Royal roster? Well, the show is going to look a lot more of the same because Vince has a parrot that's going to do the job that he wants to do. And unfortunately, Vince McMahon, his style of wrestling died in 2006.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm going to say that this was a method to kind of get behind what New Japan is trying to do. I'm sure someone told him about eventually segueing into live crowds And this is an attempt to get ready for the live crowds. If I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on for Mm -hmm. a second, you need someone who like Jamal said, who's been through the ringer of WWE pay-per-views, live events, live shows, run the gamut. You know, Heyman's done it on a lower level, but Pritchard's done it longer. Mm -hmm. I actually, so I think this is kind of getting the ducks ready for, Hey, we're going to do live shows now and pay-per-views, and I want, like, to Jamal said, one of my guys to be the one that segues and does all this stuff. Because, to be quite honest, SmackDown sucks, worse than Raw, in my opinion. And for a long time, the empty arena people were carrying the brand. Mm-hmm. Now that we're getting ready to go back into letting folks in the door, maybe Vince is like, eh, well. I don't know if these people are going to carry to live audiences. They're good for this role, empty arena, let's say Los Guapos that we had with Zelina and them. But when we get to a live show, our target demographic that attends live isn't going to care as much as Paul Heyman did about these people for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it's getting, like you said, Jamal, in lockstep with what Vince's vision for live audiences. And to be quite honest, I realized that as we were talking pre-show I'm not the demographic for WWE anymore. I'm outside the major demographic. So while I I think the diversity is going to take a major hit, because I don't think we're going to see Los Guapos pushed anytime soon, I honestly think it's just going to go back to being business as usual in WWE headquarters.
3: Yeah, just to add to it, I think it's going to eventually eliminate the brand split. Um, so that way, if you have one person that's going to be over both shows, you're going to have a lot of crossovers uh, where people are going to be on each other's show, Raw members on SmackDown, SmackDown on Raw. So you probably have your consistent top players being on both shows. So Fox can get their players and then USA can get their players. you just, you done with the three-hour show and the two-hour show. In my opinion, until you get everybody back with live crowds and all the wrestlers come back, like Sammy and everybody – this might be the best thing because you're trying to push people that people don't know. And that's not going to be well right. for TV, especially in the state of where we are. Um, so once again, I think they're trying to streamline it for right now until we get a chance to get things back
0: to whatever that normal will be in the future.
1: Cause we have Charlotte on every show already. And on every show.
0: <laughs> yes. And, and they got a new rule for each time it happens. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's, that's what I want to do so yeah uh we'll, we'll definitely talk about that more as more news comes about as that just dropped today um so we'll we'll, we'll see if it actually produces uh um uh, better ratings or interest because yes, yes you, like you said damien um friday nights definitely don't care absolutely don't all right so this sunday am i right yes yes this sunday wwe pay-per-view backlash which is a pay-per-view i've never cared about ever and not to mention their one of their biggest matches is being is being labeled as the greatest wrestling match ever. So I'm just confused at how you can label something before it even happened, but I digress. Um, but yes, that is happening. Edge versus Orton, long tenure of the history between the two of them. Um, whatever it may be. Two two stables in WWE, one being Mr. Silly Sellers' favorite wrestler in Edge. Uh, Orton being um, Tommaso Champa's favorite wrestler, <laughs> um, but the question is, you know, seriously, because I really do hate the marketing <laughs> behind. It. I can't hold this trade phrase without wanting to rant about this. But uh, what what will it honestly take for them to actually truly live up to that title of it being the greatest wrestling match ever? <laughs>
1: An Olympic Coliseum. (laughs) That's my first thought.
2: Honestly, I think when I say a wrestling match, I think if they went like a 20-minute stalemate back-and-forth train wrestling classic, kind of like a Jerry Lynn versus RVD in ECW or Bigelow versus Taz in in ECW, or most of ECW in like the mid-'90s to, you know, 95 to 99. Uh, it's probably like the best wrestling that you're going to see. Um, maybe some like some old IWMA Mid South type of stuff. Just a back and forth. You don't know who's going to win. Um, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes is probably like a good example of what I'm I'm trying to picture here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it would have to be something like that because it's not a an ODQ. I don't think. Nope. It's not false count anywhere. I don't think. It's, it's just, just a regular singles match so it would have to be if it has a 60 minute time limit it would have to go it would have to go 58 minutes i mean we would have to be talking about just well-placed well-paced storytelling from them from the get and you know it's the iron man that you didn't know that you wanted it would have to be something like that like omega versus okada which people like, and that goes 50 minutes for no reason, but it it would just, something has to give instead of just saying it's the best ever. Um, Kota Ibushi versus Cedric Alexander from the Cruiserweight Classic. It has to be something on that level. Mm -hmm. Now Edge is pushing 50 and Randy's right behind him. What could possibly go wrong?
1: (laughs) Well, it's been (laughs) taped already. It's pre-taped and they're just editing it now for Sunday. But so Jamal's point about it going 50 minutes, God, I hope not because we couldn't stand it when they went 40 in, oh,
2: a, yeah. in, a, in
1: a backyard brawl kind of thing. So imagine them trading wrestling holds and fisherman suplexes and small packages and Boston crabs and anything you want to pull out from 1988 WCW. I'm sure that's probably what they're going to go for with a little bit of dusty Schma's finishing, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends on a a controversial Montreal screw job, to be quite honest, because that would make it the greatest wrestling match ever if there's a screw job involved with it.
3: (sighs) Just to add to it, one of the things that I think, and and if people, fans haven't seen it, I want you to go back and look at it. It was a 60-minute match. It was a long match. Um but in ROH, know you going definitely Roger book, Strong and Jay Lethal. Yep, Roger Strong versus Jay Lethal. That was probably one of the greatest matches and I wasn't expecting it to go 60 minutes. I know too, James you was there with me doing that. I uh, was not expecting it to go 60 minutes. And you've seen how the wrestling goes, you're telling the story, is you got chain like you said Jamal chain wrestling going back and forth. But all of a sudden these guys had near falls and the action just wouldn't stop. And then at the end of the 60 minutes, it wasn't like you were tired of it. It was like, why did you stop at that moment? Um, I wanted more. Now, I'm not saying this match has to go 60 minutes, because like you said, Damien, we couldn't deal with 40 minutes at WrestleMania. But if you have something of that element where you have a continued story, maybe bring in historic elements within your match, you have a Mm -hmm. storytelling in your match, and let's say you go 20, 30 minutes, and and I can do a screwy finish, a screw job finish uh, to have it, that, that, that's like a hangover. Maybe something that ends at Summerslam. I can deal with that. But you have to tell a story. You have to have some chain wrestling, and you have to throw some classic moments going back to the '90s with both of these characters because they know what wrestling was back then. I'll tell maybe, you. Maybe
2: maybe halfway through you send, uh, <laughs> um, you send Beth Phoenix down. You send Beth Phoenix down here to throw him in the towel. Uh, oh and she no. catches it and throws it back and spears him, and ends the match. Or something. It would have to be something that we really haven't seen before. And it's really hard to do that since they've given away all of WWE history for (laughs) $9.99. All right. So two two things. Number one, the
0: one thing this match doesn't need is a lot of Michael Cole before anything even happens in the ring. A lot of Michael Cole putting this over about how this is the greatest match ever is just what I am not going to deal with. Also, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this match is also sponsored by their great friends of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, because this has their fingerprints written all over it. two older people in a match labeled something that a, a five year old would have thought of. So, um, yeah, maybe they are working in, in, in behind the scenes here and Blacklash, Who cares about backlash? Except for that time when Jinder Mahal won the championship and everyone got their tickets for. Royal Rumble in Philly, and I wasn't able to get mines because of everybody that did that. So imagine how that comes full circle. But the question is now, what what match do y'all consider the greatest match of all time?
2: Ooh, ooh. Um... Uh, for me, it, and if you ask me on a different day, I'll have a different answer. But today, um, Mike Quackenbush versus Claudio Castagnoli uh, in the IWA Mid South. Ted Perry Invitational from 2006.
0: I hate, I hate to say it, but I... I sent you that match. I know. That's what I was going to say. I hate to say it, and that's easily my answer there. That's easily my answer. And it's so funny, because Jamal was sending it to me every once in a while. I'm like, look at this. And this feels like a new match every time I watch it.
2: Absolutely. It, it's the greatest finish I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, point, like point, period. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. If you ask me tomorrow, I may say, Coda versus Cedric Alexander from the Cruiserweight Classic. I may say... Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match. I may say Shane versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania. Maybe King of the Ring. Uh, one of those. But big pay-per-view. I think it's WrestleMania. Uh, we put him through the glass. Um, I may say um, the three-way three way dance. Like, any of them. Pick one between Yoshihiro Tajiri to, to Super Crazy and Jerry Lynn. Or Rob Van Dam Or Sabu. Pick any of those five names and put them in a match. And it's one of the greatest of all time. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, uh, quack versus, uh, Claudio is, 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 it just sticks with me it, and it's only like 10 minutes, but it, goddamn, it's the greatest ending of all time.
1: I'm going to kind of microcosm this a little bit more for myself and say the best wrestling match I've seen live was in 2017 at AAW. I saw Michael Elgin wrestle Zack Sabre jr in a match right before intermission where the building shook during this match. Forget that this is awesome chance. Forget the, you know, the typical indie lore and the spot fests psychology people being brought in just to watch this match, sort of like just being engrossed to watch this match a lot of near falls with not a lot of crazy false finishes where everybody's kicking out a finisher Palooza and just the energy of the crowd made this match that much more enjoyable because people forget Elgin can actually wrestle. Say what you will about him the person, but you wrestler he can actually go and you put him against someone like Zack Sabre Jr. who to a lot of people is boring, but if you're into technical wrestling like I am, that for me live was awesome. Now, if you want to talk about just high energy Dude, I was exhausted after watching this match. It was a House of Glory match I saw with Ken Broadway versus Leo Rush, their first encounter. I, I, no one sat down. We were exhausted at the end of it. We all had to go to the bodega across the street and get some some <laughs> alcohol and some water because it was that exhausting. And I'm not talking about that, uh, that one progress show. Just tiresome, but good wrestling overall. But if I had to put my chips on the table... It would be Elgin versus Zack Saber Jr.
0: Man, see, like you get, you got my brain turning now, and I thought it was going to be done. So okay, so definitely one of my favorite matches. Um, that I could easily say one of the mat- best matches I've seen of all time in person was uh Miko Sadamore and Mercedes Martinez at the uh, at the May Young Classic 2.
1: <laughs> oh, that
0: was that was amazing. Um, yeah, not to mention I believe that was night one. So I couldn't even think the fact that we had to come back the next day for more matches after that because that took the air out the building. It was so good. Um, I can easily go back to battle club, uh, mm-hmm. woman curse Wednesday one and, uh, Tasha Steele versus, uh, Diamante. Diamante. <laughs> and then I easily can go to Nova pro, which I'm surprised you all didn't bring up. And, uh, keep and Angel's Lane is still one of my I favorite I named matches. like eight matches. I can't <laughs> name them
2: all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going through my matches and I'm having a hard time picking cause I'm a, I'm a storytelling buff when it comes uh, to stay in the rain. But, uh, but um, I'm thinking, like, for example, one of the great storytelling matches I like, and, and once again, the content probably is not the best match, but I love the story with it. And that's Rock versus Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania 18. Um, I'm thinking about matches like gimmick matches, which I'm a huge fan of. I love money in the bank. So when I think about ladder matches, uh, that triple that from WrestleMania 2000 mm-hmm. with Edge and, and uh, you know, I mean, Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys and mm-hmm. uh, 3D, I'm right. loving that. But but I would say the best match that I probably seen live, and it just came to my mind, and it was th- this is based off debuts, um, Shinsuke Nakamura versus I knew it, Sami Zayn versus Sami Zayn. <laughs> <And> NXT <laughs> uh, San Antonio. Um, it was a great match. Mm. And, and really, I was thinking about even on a, another low key is Kevin Owens versus John Cena one. Kevin Owens kind of debuted. That match that was than
0: battle, battle, Battleground? I think okay. it was Battleground. Yeah. I think
3: it was Battleground. That yeah. was a great match. And when you think about premiere matches where people get a chance to show who they really are, and that's the expectation, we want them to keep going, but WWE cuts it off and doesn't let them have it. Um, it, it it's it's interesting. But once again, I would say, if I had to put a vote, Shinsuke versus uh, Sammy Live that I've seen, as well as uh, the Triple Threat Letter match is the best I've seen, you know, mm. on show-wise.
1: And didn't Shinsuke debut at a backlash against Dolph Ziggler when he got called up?
3: Yep, I think so.
1: So it's come full circle for backlash.
3: Yep, yep. So we're going to have the greatest wrestling match of all
2: time. Well, live. I mean, I I didn't say live. So I think live, my favorite match that i personally witnessed. Again, if you ask me tomorrow, it's going to be something different. But tonight, it's going to be Bailey versus Sasha Sasha Banks Banks. from TakeOver. Mm TakeOver 3, I think. In Brooklyn. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't it like the first. No, I it think? was the first one. Yes, yeah, that, first one. yeah, yeah. yeah, It was the first one, but yeah, um, yeah, that was a favorite. Uh, Goldberg versus Bret Hart and uh, Starcade 2000, mm. um, 2000, 2000, 2001, one of those, but that's a favorite. I was there for that.
1: Gotta go look back at that one.
2: Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of those trying to think yeah I mean, keith lee versus Angel Slane was great but um yeah, you know, freddie a versus um uh versus tim Donce was um was mm-hmm. amazing um yeah so many so many great 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 matches but still um none of those will, will pale they will all pale in comparison to randy orton versus edge apparently
1: <laughs> oh
2: god. If Michael Cole says it, it's true. Mm-hmm. If I he hear says it's 64 times. Yeah. Yeah. 64 <laughs> times. It's the greatest wrestling match ever. I want let this part. this probably let some, that sink in. Like no matter if we agree on what the match is, no matter what we if we agree or not, it will not be better than Randy Orton versus Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this is this isn't Randy Orton versus Edge. In two thousand two, no. this is Randy Orton versus Edge. Eighteen years after that,
1: so eighteen years in the making, the greatest wrestling match ever.
2: Ever then yeah. after, and then of course, obviously WWE booking themselves to a corner. What do you do after that? You've had the greatest wrestling match ever. How do you do wrestling after that? <laughs> shut it down.
3: Take it Shut it down. down. Yeah. Yeah. It down. That's it.
2: Done. This is how we end wrestling. It's the greatest match of all time. Be damned what you think. Your indie hijinks don't <laughs> care. Do not care. We have Orton. We have Edge and the greatest match ever. We created a graphic for it. It says it. It's in 15-foot-high letters. Michael Cole said it 47 times, so you know it must be true. The greatest match ever. The greatest yeah, match ever that
1: no one will see live.
2: Well, I mean, the, the students at the NXT uh, training camp will. Yeah, true yeah so <laughs> they will they will certainly be happy to be there as the gun <laughs> the gun just, just the barrel points to the small of their back
3: that's gonna be a <laughs> 20 years from now about who was there during that time
2: yeah yeah well hopefully they make it because I think Aliyah still want to be there if it's 20 years from now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said now. <laughs> well, we're out of time. We don't have time for news or anything. But if there's something really important that we need to talk about, then just bring it up really quick. Well, we're definitely over our time.
2: Okay. Um, two things. Number one, uh, AJ Styles did an interview with the Times of India, uh, hyping uh, the pay-per-view this week. And yeah. out of this, those things, he talked a lot about Daniel Bryan, but he also talked about CM Punk, who took a shot at him for not voicing his support for Black Lives Matter. AJ Styles says, and I quote, I will not react at all coming from a guy that I don't respect anyway. It doesn't really matter. Look, my job as a performer is to perform and to get the mind off the things that have happened throughout the world. I am not going to react to people saying ridiculous and stupid things. So the bottom line is AJ Styles, everybody, and you're welcome. Um, (laughs) He's also made a lot of statements in the past that people would kind of vilify him for. If those tweets resurfaced, Reddit, get on it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. But, but, but the bottom line is the AJ Styles is who you think he is a good old southern boy from southern Georgia um also Stephanie McMahon now she invented women wrestling in 2004 and now she's going to end racism in 2020 how does she have the time how does she have the time um on a, a podcast um, she said, Basically, what WWE is doing to um, acknowledge, you know, racism and encourage diversity in the company, because you know, Vince McMahon has a slew of black champions that he's been promoting for the past fifty years, right? You know, <laughs> because Kofi Kingston is. Oh, okay. Well, uh, a different problem other than that bit of business is, you know, the question really comes to you because honestly, McMahon base seventy basically said. Everything that she needs to say as the chief brand officer, because, you know, her ass is in the fire. This is literally her job to make to put the public perception that her um, her parent, her, her mom didn't work for the Trump administration. And, and her uh, father doesn't didn't spend 18 million dollars in super PAC money to reopen <laughs> about Florida, <laughs> you know, diversity. So <laughs> the real question is, and this is going to be the last thing for tonight. It got Ben Carson, though, so just don't forget that. Well, he's he's so sleepy. But the, <laughs> the, the real question is, what would WWE actually have to do, need to do, to have actionable, meaningful change within their company? Now, I don't care how much money they they, they spent out. That's the yep. easy answer. Well, Anybody well, can spend money. But what do they need to do for their products is to rationalize actual
0: change? I think that's a great question. Um, so, short answer here, because of time's sake, is that they gotta do something monumental like NASCAR did. They cannot pull an NFL move and say, here's a bunch
2: of money. What did NASCAR do? They just banned the goddamn flag full of losers. I yeah. mean, that's not monumental. I, it, it actually is, because considering that probably
0: 75% of their audience uh, that pertains to, they say, hey, we don't care. This is what we're going to do. Instead of the NFL, who owners are religiously and have historically been wrong about their stance on this on this scenario and situation have not said anything but it took mm-hmm. the one owner i mean the the, the uh, commissioner to come out and say that the NFL collectively thinks that this is wrong and here's a ton of money that is a like a hey hush hush here's money everyone's not going to speak out about this thus no owners of any of these teams had so what I think, in it, the, the, if you want, if you want to talk about what WWE should do, it has to be bigger than money. It has got to be some type of monumental move, um, not like Connor's Cure or anything to set up a foundation. It has to be proper representation that they have never displayed before on their own. Not just Black History Month uh, um, a vignettes on a uh, on uh on February. Proper representation with champions storylines and that it's not a forced thing like the purple roast like the cruiserweight class. like here here are smaller guys for you guys and how did you know because the purple rope they need to make sure that there's a that that they 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 listen to their talent and make sure that you know they're properly showcased without it seeming like a special feature or such michael cole people black people here they are for you so we don't none of
3: that none of that stuff so that means titus O'Neill can't be a part of it too right because he's always a part of everything else as a joke
2: Pretty well much. no, actually okay. actually to your point, that's what they need to not do anymore.
3: Yeah. Right. If right. Exactly. They need to not exactly. have
2: our right. truth out there cooling it up. They it's, need to not have uh Titus O'Neill just be like the happy black dad. And they Fonda need to not up. you know have uh people just play these. I, I'm just happy I'm
0: just happy to be here, type exactly. of characters. Exactly. None of right.
2: that. Apollo Cruz needs to not smile any damn more. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's what it is. that That's really what it comes down to. The New Day had a podcast this uh, Monday. Um, I have not listened to it, but I've seen excerpts where they basically talk about being black in society and, of course, within WWE. I mean, granted, it is a job. And any with any job, there comes concessions. You don't own the place. But yeah. the bottom line is, is that if you look at a lot of the champions and a lot of the people that have been um, – within the wwe landscape over the past 40 years number one you can count the number of black champions on one hand maybe two you know but that's that's one problem the second thing is when you look at black characters how many of them fit outside of a stereotype where they are just shucking and jiving uh, across your tv screen uh the new day for example they are who they are now, but they definitely were God's property when they first started.
0: <laughs>
3: Don't, yep,
2: forget. Don't forget. Don't <laughs> forget. Yeah. Before Kofi Kingston, you know, handed out uh, bean uh, pancakes, he was handed out bean pies, and he definitely had a cool Runnins accent. His ass is from Boston, so let, let's not forget the fact that these are people too, and we need a representation in the writing room for men, for women, women, for all different cases and <laughs> yeah. classes. Damien, mm-hmm. you're Puerto Rican, right? Yes, sir. So you wouldn't want your experience be misinterpreted by a Polish dude. No. Doesn't mean he can't tell the story right, but I'm going to ask you first. When I want Puerto Rican things, uh, what's the deal with flip flops? But that's a different story. But I'm going to ask you first. Uh, so the idea is we need more diversity. We need it now more than ever, and we need to not have, you know, we need people in, of different persuasions and more serious roles. Not just the Hulk Hogan or the John Cena type be the cute blue-eyed baby face, be a blonde-haired blue-eyed white guy. That person could be Apollo Crews because everyone says that he has the talent, but he hasn't made it. Why? Well, he's grabbed the brass ring how many times and he's always never cashed it in. Why? (laughs) What does he have that other people are missing? Well, Vince McMahon doesn't value black people. Period. Nine seconds for Kofi Kingston? Huh? Okay. Yeah. Vince yep. McMahon has a type. Has a, he? Definitely has a type. And then I don't want to make it just about black because Daniel Bryan went through the same shit and literally built a thing over it where the groundswell was so insurmountable that they had to run with it. But mm. Vince McMahon has a type, and you you should be, uh, you should be a Dolph Lundgren type, six five cut, and you know he would love to get his hands on Walter versus Wardlow. That would be his big beefy men bumping meat <laughs> dream for WrestleMania. <laughs> Absolutely, so that, that's what needs to change, and needs to change right
0: now. I, and I'll just say quickly, just to add to that, is that when the proper things and accurate things are done, then the talent will reflect it. And there's there's a divide amongst the people that work there, where you can tell the people's like, "Hey, I'm confident for the employer that I work for," and there's the ones that's just like, you know, they're 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 humble, they're just playing the team player, and there's you know, it's it's just too much of a disconnect with that and I think once the confidence builds internally that different things are happening and that people are being represented the right way then it just overall creates a better atmosphere for them the fans and everything um, but let it be no mistake as us fans that consumes this day in and day out we notice the patterns of things we notice how there's always a champion or a black champion around February or all of a sudden Titus O'Neil starts appearing again you know what I mean but like and then right after that Come March one or two weeks afterwards, it fizzles out. We understand. Like and, and you have to think, what are those conversations like? Black History Month, put a black person in there. It, it, it shouldn't be that way. You know what I mean? So um that's that's the changes that it has to be that, that has to be done. I think you know, when it when it gets there, who the hell knows? Who the by hell the way, knows? shout
1: out to sign the petition to not have Charlotte win any more titles in WWE. I can't believe that's a thing. Where we what? live in today Yep That's the thing I'll change that order Call it winning any in WWE How many
2: uh, I know that you Damien You may have seen this number But how many people Do you think have signed That petition so far
1: Oh I'm thinking No more than No more than 3,000
2: Gus 3,000 is a number Higher or lower than 3,000 Where are we at uh, I say higher Two thousand nine five zero. Oh. Wow. That's oh, a <laughs> good So, 3,000 is about dead on, yeah. Mm. So, the- yeah. Change, Change.org slash P slash WWE no more Charlotte Flair title reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ooh. put it out there.
0: Oh, man. Well... Good thing for good thing for us is that um, you know, if WWE can't get it right. Hopefully AEW does because they've been very adamant. Well, how about- can
2: they when they have the greatest wrestling match ever? <laughs> happening this weekend. <laughs> the rest of the year is canceled. Let's just pick it up in twenty twenty one because we've already seen the greatest.
0: Let's just shut let's shut the podcast down uh, on Monday. Let's shut it down. Yeah nothing else to talk about after that <laughs> yo we, we, look thank you everybody who listened for the night we'll be back next week to talk about our reactions of the greatest damn wrestling match of all time ever period and how many times did Michael Cole say that during the match and that will be our next <laughs> our next feature on high or low <laughs> peace out y'all thank you for listening tonight all I really need